Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I'm coming to you mere moments after a brutal, painful loss to USC 43-38 in the Rose Bowl in the rivalry game. Uh, I got my wisdom teeth removed yesterday, as is normal for a 35-year-old man, and I gotta tell you, this was uh, probably a more painful experience because I wasn't knocked out for it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm having a hard time because I can't really distance myself from the last couple of minutes of this game. Um, so I'm going to spend a little bit of time up top talking about it, even though you know there were some mistakes earlier that probably played a bigger role. But the end of game management, um, game management, clock management uh, at the end, I thought was atrocious for UCLA. Um so they kick the field goal to go up 38-36 with a little under a minute to go, and then they kick a full field um, uh, kickoff, which USC elects to return. And as the announcer said, I think it caught UCLA by surprise that they didn't just fair catch it and take it at the 25. Uh, but they go for the return, and once again, sort of like the end of the first half kickoff last week, UCLA just did not have a good <laughs> did not have a good scheme set up for wherever that ball was going. Um, and once again, it was the kicker who more or less had to make a play on the ball. Um, so USC got it around the 42-yard line, and then they uh, immediately get a deep bomb down to Tyler Vaughn's at about the UCLA 9. Now, that was with about 36 seconds to go that he caught the ball. UCLA still had three timeouts at that point. At the USC, at that UCLA 9, they are 100% going to score. They're either going to kick a field goal or they're going to make the touchdown. Either way, it's happening. It's not as if there are three seconds left and you do have to like wonder if they're going to be able to spike the ball in time. There are 36 seconds left. They are going to score. You have to call timeout there. You have three of them. Instead, UCLA doesn't call timeout. 20 seconds burn off the clock. And they score with 16 seconds to go. The touchdown. Now, that left UCLA then in the position where they had to drive down 75 yards on their ensuing drive to, um, you know, uh, take the lead themselves, which was also silly because UCLA elected to fair catch the kickoff because you're thinking, okay, well, they did just let a bunch of time burn off. So now you've really got to make a big play on kickoff. But no, they didn't do that. So you really, they were thinking, we're not going to call timeout here. We're going to allow 16 seconds left for us to go 75 yards for a touchdown. Just boneheaded clock management um if they'd called timeout obviously usc potentially could have run more time to just kind of burn the timeouts or they would have scored right there either way you would have preserved more time than 16 seconds um so that was i thought a real blunder um and was it significant would they have scored with you know would ucla have been able to do a whole lot more with 30 seconds than 16 yeah, probably, but would it have been enough to score? I don't know. But they didn't put themselves in a position to succeed. I thought that was um, disastrous clock management there at the end. Um, but I don't want to like completely belabor that because this was... It was the kind of game that UCLA... like If you look at the broad statistics from the game at the end of it, UCLA probably should have won. Um, they had way more yards than USC... Um, they had more explosive plays. Um, they, you know, generally just played pretty well. It was just critical mistakes. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson had a couple of bad picks. Um, there was the weird fumble, uh, weird, um, punt by, uh, Luke Akers where he didn't punt and instead kind of, it almost looked like a half fake. 
I think he might have just gotten scared by the on the on rushing um, defenders. I, I, there were just a lot of issues like that. And then, um, you know, USC, I think, came on really strong in the second half. Uh, it was kind of the issue I was, uh, you know, worried about coming into the game, which is how does this UC- USC receiving core match up against this UCLA secondary? Because UCLA secondary has been put in a lot of man situations where they've had to cover guys one-on-one, and they've done pretty well, but they haven't had a challenge like USC's receiving core. And in this game, that was a mismatch. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyler Vaughns, and Drake London just could not be covered uh, by USC by UCLA's um, secondary. Uh, it just couldn't happen. And, um, you know, I thought they, you know, Yeoman's effort at different moments, you know, Quentin Lake had that early pick. Um, there were some nice plays made, but just on balance, they were not going to be able to do it. And so what you saw in that second half was sort of UCLA being forced into, um, you know, pick your poison, where sometimes they'd be dropping eight, dropping seven, and then Malapai would just run right through him. And Malapai, I've watched a lot of Malapai. This was probably the angriest I've ever seen him run. Um, he looked really good. And uh, I think he was taking, you know, the rivalry game very seriously. Um, but this was, you know, they they were in that position where USC, you know, this was the first offense that I felt really dictated to this UCLA defense because of the mismatch at wide receiver. Because of that, UCLA either had to drop a bunch of eight, drop seven, drop eight, and then allow the run, or they had to just full-on all-out blitz and hope they got to Slovis early enough, and they just didn't get to him enough. Um, And that's, you know, how much would this game have changed if they'd gotten six sacks instead of three? Who knows? Um, But I think that USC offensive line played pretty well, um, and I think it just they just didn't quite have enough, um, you know, juice to get there. I think what this game displayed was the lack of a real... The things we've liked about this defense have been you never know where the sack is coming from. You never know where the big play is coming from because they move guys around and mismatch and all that kind of stuff. But what we all have to understand is that's by necessity. When you look at those loose Spanos defenses from 2012 and 2013, they weren't doing as much of that, but that was because they had truly elite edge rush um, with Anthony Barr. Uh, there's nobody on this team that can supply that. And when you're facing a team like USC, you really do have to get some sort of pass rush with four. And UCLA just isn't able to do that. And so this defense, I love it from a scheme standpoint. But what the the missing piece is, what the missing piece is, is that guy who's playing for Miami right now, Jalen Phillips. Uh, that's the missing piece. Um you stick somebody like that on this defense, somebody who can supply that edge rush, and then suddenly you've got a truly elite defense because it's not solely dependent on scheme. It's not solely dependent on a cornerback back blitz from Morel Osling right here or a you know a safety blitz from Quantrez Knight. It's, okay, on any given down, our defensive end can beat your offensive tackle. Um and that just, they, they just don't have that guy. Um, I thought Osa Digazua was pretty quiet in this one, uh, too. So it was, um, I think it was just a question of uh, this, this, this game, I think, accentuated. Because here's the thing. I think UCLA, except for that last minute, largely outcoached USC. The fact that USC only had one timeout in the last eight minutes was ridiculous. Like, horrible coaching from Clay Helton. But this game showed you what talent looks like. 
because USC had way more talent than UCLA. This was one of the most mismatched talent games I can remember in the USC-UCLA rivalry, um, probably going back to like the Durrell years, um, where it was just, you know, maybe New Heisel years, but a real mismatch. Um, and the fact that UCLA was able to generate what they did, I think was a credit to the scheme and everything. But um, just that defense matched up against these receivers, that was eye-opening. Just how much they're given up against uh, truly elite quality receiving. Um, so that was all um, pretty disappointing. I don't want to take too much away from that. I mean, UCLA played really well for the most part. Um, Demetric Felton is a super stud, like just an absolute stud and should get a ton of credit for everything this team has been able to do this year. Greg Dulcich, again, I think he's an NFL player. Just so fast for his size, um, made so many big plays over the middle against a very talented USC secondary. Um, Watching him sprint past that secondary on that 69-yard touchdown was so cool. That was a lot of fun. Um, and Dorian Thompson Robinson, I, you know, I think it's going to get, you know, I think he's going to get a reasonable amount of crap for the two interceptions. Um, but my dude was 30 of 36 in this game um, and made several critical throws, um, just lasers to Dulcich, um, lasers to Kyle Phillips, where he was, he looked so comfortable in a big game for maybe the first time at UCLA. Like this was a real game where I thought he showed major growth. Even the two picks. I mean, the first pick, he's clearly thinks he's looking him off cuz he you can see him look to the screen, look to the swing pass, and then he thinks he's looked off the guy who's, you know, Isaiah Polamalu who's right in front of him. And so then he goes to throw it and he just didn't look him off hard enough. So that's a mistake. The Hafunga play Hafunga is really good, and he played that really well. And yeah, was it was it a little bit of a sloppy route? Maybe should he have thought more about the ball that he was throwing? Maybe, but man, Hafunga is good. Like I, I just I don't pin that one so much on Thompson Robinson. I think it was just you know them's the breaks. Sometimes you're gonna get picked off by really good players. Um, but on balance, I thought he played extremely well. Um, and certainly well enough for them to win in normal circumstances. Um, it just, you know, it, it, it kind of just went really pear-shaped in the second half. Um, so yeah, uh, now UCLA is, uh, three and three, um, as Tracy reported, maybe playing Stanford next weekend. Um, really disappointing way to end the scheduled part of the regular season. Uh, this game was certainly there for the taking for UCLA. Um, even if they could have just converted uh, there at the end. Um, oh, I do want to bring up one other thing. Uh, the fourth down play where they had Keegan Jones in the game. Um, what What's going on there? I mean, put, put, put your guys in position to succeed, right? Um, it just, that was, okay, so... It was fourth and one at the USC 37 with about four minutes and 20 to go. And you're you're giving it to your redshirt freshman running back who's really, like, I think he's going to be good. But you've got Demetric Felton and Britton Brown. And Demetric Felton has been running that entire series. What's, what's going on in your personnel decisions right there that you're putting Keegan Jones in that spot? Um, just, yeah, baffling. 
baffling. And these these are coaching errors. Like, I'm not blaming Keegan Jones for trying his best right then. It's know who your guys are, know what the situation is, and have the right guys in there. And it wasn't like a sudden thing. They had, you know, the full play clock to get the right personnel in there because they know they're going for it on fourth and one at the USC 37. It's not like you're punting. So get your right running back in there. Get Britton Brown in there or get Dimitri Felton back in there. But what are you doing putting Keegan Jones in that spot? Um, I don't know. Just some curious. Maybe the coaches just got tight a little bit too. Um, But I thought a lot of this you can pin on coaching. Coaching decisions. Coaching errors um, at the end. And it's it's tough. That's tough on the players because I thought they played extremely well uh, for most of this game. So... Anyway, um, so that's that's that game. Uh, pretty frustrating one to watch, as you can probably tell from uh, my my general tone about the whole thing. Um, we'll see how it goes next weekend. Uh, if they do end up getting Stanford, I think there's still an opportunity here for uh, for uh, UCLA to finish with a successful season. Um, certainly took the wind out of the sails a little bit, but I don't want to like too critically crush UCLA for this one because USC is a very talented team. I don't think they're a well-coached team, but they are a very talented team, a very talented team that presents some unique mismatches for UCLA. Um, It's just very disappointing to watch a team that was right there to win this one and probably should have won this one and instead um, kind of just lost it because of some blunders. Um, that's, That's deeply unfortunate. So uh, hopefully they can get another one back next week, get themselves bowl eligible for the first time in the Chip Kelly era, and then go to a bowl game and uh, win that one. But uh, very disappointing in this moment, and uh, you know it's just a disappointment for the players. All right, talk to you again soon.